We're in this series called Money. We're in this series called Money. Everybody shout out money. Money is something that's talked about, is seen, people need a lot of it, and people don't like to talk about it, and they don't like to be accountable with it. But money is very important, and did you know Jesus, our Lord, talked more in his parables about money than he did about heaven? How about that? And the title today is real simple, Who is the Owner? Who is the Owner? If I, like a lot of us think we own something, all you have to do is go to a funeral, and whoever's in that box, I promise you, if they could talk, they'd say, you don't own nothing. Eventually, you will give it all to a bunch of people. All at best, we are our managers while we're here. Everybody got that? So who's the owner? Everybody shout that out. That's the title. Who is the owner? In other words, who owns the money? Wouldn't that, wouldn't, wouldn't that be important to know? And that's what we will hone in today. You and I are really just stewards, and I'll talk about stewards in another lesson. But today, we're specifically talking about who's the owner. Or I've said it before in the past, who's your daddy? Y'all seem to, get a, y'all seem to understand in those, that terminology. But at the end of the day, if you put up uh, Haggai chapter 1, and in the Old Testament, this is the, uh, this is the third book. It's, it's the third book before you, uh, you finish the Old Testament. And Haggai, I want you to always take the Bible not as a religious book. I thought it was when I was growing up. It never made sense to me. And there are a lot of Christ followers today who think that the Old Testament is not relevant. But you will find that this living God who's alive today, who's seen yesterday, knows tomorrow and wants to help us live our God-fearing life today. Can I get a good amen about that? So here's what I guarantee through the word today. The Holy Spirit will show you relevance through an ancient book, relevance today. And what I love about the Bible is the Bible tells me the reason for things. I no longer can put up with just continually live the same old life over and over again. Somebody shout out, I'm tired of that. So through the book of Haggai, two chapters, two two chapters of a powerful book. There's a message that God will speak to us, but at the end of the day, when this plan land, all of us will be in unison that God is the owner. How about that? And do you know if he's the owner, if he's the owner, he has the ability to give you more of it and also extract some of it from you? How many, maybe, if you're not religious, if you're honest? How many would like just a little more? Money I'm talking about. I know, I know that's a sacrilegious in here. How many, I, I got bent elbows. How many would like a little more? Little more? Right? I appreciate it. So I got a few of y'all. I need you to be honest and you can be honest in church. How many would like more money? There we go. There we go. I'm glad you asked that question. Let's get going. Here we go. You guys ready? Now, we're here, and it says, in the first day of the sixth month of, and by the way, I'll ask you questions as I'm reading to keep you engaged and to make sure you're paying attention. On the first day of the sixth month, and I will calendar, what's the date here? Come on, guys. It's not deep. And I want you to know, do not be afraid to read the Bible. It's not deep. And if God doesn't want you to know it, why would he make it complicated? He, matter of fact, he, one of the blessings to a congregation is when he gives you a pastor that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I promise you, you're going to understand this little two-chapter book and understand it to the degree you will implement it in your own life. Everybody got me? So we got the sixth month, the June 1st. Isn't that what it is? The first day of the sixth month, June 1st, is the second year in the reign of King Darius of Persia. So what year in his rulership is he in? Come on. Oh, y'all some shucky shucky now. Y'all awesome. What happened here? God is talking. God, who's invisible, you don't see. He's now speaking in the visible realm. 
because he's a living God. He's getting ready to show them something that they need to see because he has so much more for them. God's first instruction to man was to be fruitful. Anybody remember that? Be what? That's in Genesis. Be fruitful and what? Multiply. Did you know when he said be fruitful, he wasn't talking about having babies? The word fruitful is translated in the Hebrew language, in the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, the word fruitful means be productive. There are too many of us that are unproductive. And his first command was to be what? Be fruitful, which means be what? Be productive. Come on, class. His first command, be fruitful, which means, oh, we got it. In other words, there should never be times in our lives where we're living as unproductive people. My marriage should be productive. Our children should be productive. Did you know your heavenly father is a business being? And he's invested in each and every one of us some gifts or multiple gifts and talents. Did you know that? And did you know your heavenly father is an excellent, everybody say excellent business person. <laughs> What's an excellent business person? A business person who gains a profit. If you have a business and you're not profitable, you're not in business, that's called a non-profit. <laughs> in Romans chapter 3, it says God is a business being. If you get this, and his children are supposed to be business-minded. Too many of us are pauper-minded. Too many of us are spirit of poverty-minded. Too many of us think there's not enough. That's why you get envious of other people. Too many think if, you get, if your sister get a piece of the pie, there's no peace for you. What you got to understand, your father makes the pies. And if you need a piece, he'll make another pie. He will always make sure he takes care of his kids. Because if a person, a man, it says, if a man don't work to take care of his family, he's worse than an unbeliever. So who said that? God. So guess what? You think he's not going to take care of his kids? Absolutely he will. Why? Because he owns it what? All. You're going to see it in a minute. But what is he doing? He's making us aware through the scriptures. These people are being told by their heavenly father through the Lord Jesus Christ what the problem is, why they're not seeing fruitfulness in their lives. Jesus said, the poor you will have always with you. Who are poor and who are the people that end up in poverty? I'll tell you, most of the time, unproductive people. There are a lot of Christians that are unproductive in God's kingdom. And your heavenly father, who's a business being, everybody say, my heavenly father, my heavenly father is, a is a business being. Therefore, he looks for what's called ROI, return on investment. He's invested in you. Now, what Satan does is take the gifts that God puts in people and causes those gifts to lead people in darkness. That's why when you get saved, you already have your gifts. Now he wants you to have his spirit and use your gifts and talents to do what? Cause people to know him. Whether that's on your secular job, quote unquote, or in your kingdom responsibility. Everybody see what I'm saying? Everybody understand what I'm saying? Shout it out again. Your heavenly father is a business being. Everybody got it? And people that are in business measure things. Religious people don't measure things. They just tell you how they feel. I just feel like God going to bless me. He may have already blessed you. You've never counted your money. Or you don't account for your money. Or you're not managing your money. So he's taking what you have because he owns it. Oh, man, let me get here. Anybody got some money? Anybody got some money I can borrow because I don't have any cash on me? Y'all so slow. I got a bunch. All y'all broke? Father, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, may the prosperity anointing touch the people of God in here. Father, give them, give them cash, Father God, in Jesus' name. And somebody got some cash? Bring that cash up here real quick. All right. All right, here we go. Let's count this, man. Let's count it. Now, what, what am I doing? I'm counting what he gives me. This is his money. I'm accountable to him because this is his money. How many of you God has given you money, you don't count it? Right now, if I ask, what's your, what's your net worth? What, Cardi B, what's your net worth? Did she say that one in the rap song? Uh, I can't believe he talked about Cardi B in here. He absolutely did. She talked about what's your net worth. Isn't that, am I right? Do I have any millennials in here? Any Generation Zs? I'm right? Didn't she say something about net worth, right? By the way, all you religious people, God will use anything that he created. He created. Don't mean they're living for him yet. He's the father of all spirits. Some of you all teach your children what not to do instead of teaching them how to be wise in whatever they do. What do I mean? You go tell your children, don't listen to this, don't listen to that, don't listen to that. Guess what you've kicked in, encoded in this flesh? Is a desire to go do, to break rules that you put. That's why Paul said, I have no rules. Why? He was a free man. Go read the Bible. You'll see a bunch of times that man said, I'm a free man. Y'all know what that means? He says, I have no law to keep in order, in, in order, in, in order to be justified before God anymore. I am in Christ. And now Jesus Christ and his finished work and his grace has saved me. So now I live right not to get God to like me and love me. I live right because of the graciousness he's already shown me. He saved me. He's blessed me. I dare not be lazy, unaccountable, not using my gifts to, for his glory. So I have his money. I need to count. And do you know what God does? God verified. This, this, I like this. This, 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 this. this is some nice crisp dollars, right? <laughs> All right. And I need to have somebody verify it. This is good for husband and wives. Y'all need to talk about your money. Right? So I got, I got Sister Mac here. Count those. Tell me how many 20s are, are, are here. And I got my wife here. Sweetie, tell me how many 10s are there. Whose money? Whose money? His money. <laughs> I know he's sitting there. I, I, I know we're in church, but I ain't got his money. <laughs> That's how religious people. No, 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 no. It's God's money, but he the manager. So you never, have a man, you never have a money problem. You probably got a management problem. $280. That's a total of $280? $280. And then how much we got here? $80. So we got $80. So we got $360? Right? My degree in accounting is still working. All right. <laughs> so we got $360, right? Whose money is this? No, this is my man's money. That's all you religious people, right? No, that's that man's money. Now, he accountable to God with that money. But he, this his money. <laughs> Some of y'all just, just, no, this not God's money. You, I can't take this man's money and then go sow it. <laughs> Crazy stuff. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? In other words, I can't, I can't go borrow his money and then go try to sow seed. <laughs> I mean, Christians do crazy stuff. Right? Who's money this morning? What's your name? William. William. This William money. And I had an uncle named William. We call him William. This William's money. And I'm accountable. We got 300 and how much here? $60. And I got a witness. I'm accountable for $360. Now, I got to be accountable. I got to know what's happening with this money. So this is not my money. So I can't go to the mall, see a dress for $60, and because I got $360 in my pocket, think I can afford that dress. That's what credit cards do. Oh, 
I'm, on the, I'm coming down your block now. They know scientifically, psychologically, you and I will spend more money if you use credit cards. That's right. They don't want you using cash. Because cash, you can count. It's physical. I got $360 in my pocket. Now, money don't make you happy, but it sure make you feel a little better. <laughs> I know all you religious people. I know, I know, I know you just need the Bible. I'm good with that. I love the Bible and a few things that God, he gives us richly, what? All things to do what? I'm going to say, he gives us richly, all things to what? Enjoy. Let's hit the book at Haggai. By the way, Haggai's name means festive. Festive means joyous, celebratory. It means God is sending a message through the man that's supposed to make him festive. But a number of people think when God corrects them, it's negative. A lot of the kings will get in trouble because the prophets represent God. The prophets are not politicians. A true prophet of God is not trying to smooge, and what they, what's that word they call it? Smooge, smooging and um, are trying to brown nose and suck up to you. A prophet knows they're accountable to God to say what God is saying to him. Two powers speak to power, but always in an honorable, respectable way. Some prophets just think because they're with God, they can talk to power down here any kind of way. You still got to respect people. We went before Bridgeton this past week to get approval for another sign, a lighted sign on the east side of this building. It was seven council people, which included the mayor, who had to vote. Six of them had to vote. They started off saying, we need six out of the seven to vote in order for this to be approved. They gave me a few minutes to talk, and it had been tabled from two weeks before when our sign person represented us. And they tabled it, but because I respect people, I respect it because God told us respect those that are in authority. Just because you're a Christ follower don't mean you disrespect people down here. Everybody got that? So when they tabled it, it was some things that they wanted. So the first thing I share with them, we're here as a ministry. We're here to serve this community. We're not here to be a thorn in their side. I share with them anything that you see around here that's in violation or you want us to change, please just reach out to us and let us know and we will change it. Why? You speak, uh, you're able to influence power through meekness. So many believers, Jesus was the meekest man next to Moses who ever lived on earth. What's meekness? Somebody that has power and can pull power moves but decide not to because of the sake of the plan and purposes of God being accomplished through human beings that may not know God or may not know him as clearly as you do. Why? Because God has a plan that has to be worked through flawed people. And you can't turn it into what I call a peeing contest. And if you don't understand what that means, that's two men, instead of coming together and to get accomplished something, they each got the egos out front. So when I talked to the, the city council, I had to share with them, we're here to be a blessing to serve. We need this sign because we need to have uh, a visual sign in the entrance of this complex. Everybody got me? Now, why is that important? I had to talk to them like that. I had to say, we're here to serve. I hear churches stuff like, we're here to dominate, take over. <laughs> I understand. Who wants to hear that? Especially if they're not saved. Satan, like, you're not going to take over nothing. <laughs> In other words, if God didn't give it to you, you're not taking it over. My whole point is, even though we have power, Jesus himself didn't go off disrespecting authority. Pilate, he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer Pilate who had the ability to decide whether he gets crucified or get released. And Pilate told him, because the Lord Jesus knew when you're going through a tough uh, trial to close your mouth. He wouldn't say nothing. They were getting him, getting, trying to get him to talk. And one thing I found out when you're going through particular tough trials, it is better to close your mouth and don't say nothing. Sometimes you're having a, a challenge in your marriage. Words can stick around like a 40-year mortgage. 
sometimes it would be better to say nothing. Did anybody hear what I just said? This is a word for somebody in here right now. I need somebody who that's for say, I receive. I want you to reach up and say, I receive that right now. There we go. I know I'm in the right place. Thank you. Some things are better not said. Personal testimony. My family, it was, it was something I was thinking about. I was seeing. I was bothered by myself and then bothered what I was seeing in some of my family members. I decided to not say nothing and just be quiet because I don't want to speak anything while in frustrated state. I know I'm preaching to a good group here. Some people have lost jobs because you didn't control your mouth. I'm saved. I ain't got to listen to you. Really? <laughs> Jesus don't sign your check. Your boss do. <laughs> I'm seeing Christians do some crazy stuff, man, and then, then do a testimony up here. And I'm not talking about up here. I'm just talking about over the years. I see people just give crazy testimony. I cursed my boss out, and the Lord gave me another job. No, you got fired. <laughs> and you got another job by grace. <laughs> and somebody needs to sh- stop that testimony and tell you. <laughs> and next thing you know, the church screaming and everybody praising God. Stop it. <laughs> no, that is not a righteous testimony. <laughs> all right, let's get to the word of God. This is the word of God, all right? So we in the first year, the first day, June 1st, God's message was delivered by the prophet Haggai. Haggai means what? Festive. To the governor of Judea, Zerubbabel, and to the high priest. Notice God's message from the prophet, but look at the order. He's speaking to a governor and to a high priest. He's speaking to power and the priest. Everybody see that? Speaking to power and the priest. Power is the governor and the priest. Did you know the Lord Jesus is king over President Trump? And over President Obama? And over President Nixon? And over Lincoln? And whoever else was president? Did you know the king of kings and the Lord of lords is the king over them as well? Do you know their hearts are in his hand? Do you know that? Do you know we're supposed to pray and not be back talking? Do you know we can impact righteous decisions in our lawmakers through prayer, not through whispering? So he's speaking to the governor. Next next verse, please. A message from the God of the angel armies. Who is this? This is Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus would show up at times. But he ruled in an invisible, he had not been revealed to them like he's revealed to us. So the God of the angel armies, that's Jesus. Jesus is in control of the the, uh, angels. And when Pilate, who had the ability to give a thumbs up or thumbs down, said to him, you're not going to answer my questions? And then Pilate, the, the governor, said, don't you know he's telling Jesus? He's telling the one that created him, the one who put him in position. He's telling him to Jesus. He doesn't know this, but Jesus knows. So Pilate is telling Jesus, you're not going to answer my questions? Don't you know I have authority to crucify you or not? Y'all know what our Lord told him? He said, you have no authority except it be given to you from above. He didn't do yelling. He didn't curse at him. He said kind of matter-of-factly, you got to have meekness to just hold yourself in the midst of pride for humans that you created. Can you imagine somebody boasting in front of God? Jesus, who made everything, who made you, and you boasting about how much money you got when he owns everything? And you enter into discussions whether Jesus was poor or rich? How unwise of a conversation. He's intentionally poor, but make no mistake about it, he has access to everything. He needed not to have bank accounts. You know the interesting thing about Jesus' parables? He rarely, if ever, he never asked anybody for money. Do you know in the Psalms he said, if I needed something, I wouldn't tell you? That's what God said. But the title today is, who is the owner? Who owns this money? 
Everybody got it? Don't get it twisted now. Don't get it lost. William knows I own it, and William got his eyes on it. Now, all y'all listen to the message. He hadn't heard none of the message. <laughs> William checking. I heard, I, heard, I heard something out of William when I put it in my pocket. Like, huh. <laughs> Do you know your Heavenly Father look at it the same way? Because he says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is not religion. If it's religion, you don't have to pay attention to that. That's just hit or miss. You got to understand, your Heavenly Father, when he puts it in the book, he's telling us how he created us. That there's a, there's a string attached to your money connected to your heart. It's interesting that he says where your treasure is is where your heart is, right? Versus where you spend all your time is where your heart is. I would think where you spent your time, right? Your hard working time, where you spent your time. I would think that would be where your heart would be. He doesn't say that. He says where your treasure, there is where your heart would be. Now, he's getting ready to tell these people why they're having problems, why they're sowing seed and only getting a minimal harvest. If we're going to work hard, don't you want a 100% harvest? And if you're not experiencing it, don't you want to know why? Religious people, they don't want to know why. They just want to pretend it is what it is. What God says to true Christ followers, you're going to see through the scriptures, you make sure you pay attention to what you see. And if you don't see fruitfulness, something wrong. And that's what he's getting ready to show these people. He says, a message from God, the angel army, who's the God and who controls the angels? I just told you, Jesus. Everybody got it? Come on, say his name. The people procrastinate. The people procrastinate. They say this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. Who's this message from? Come on, class. So even in every parable that Jesus wrote, always know somebody is representing God and somebody is representing you. In this case, the prophet is representing who? Come on, class. Representing who? And, and a message from God of the angel Ormus, Haggai, festive, to the people, us. The people procrastinate. They say this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. What are the people saying? It's not time to build God's house. He said that's what they're saying. So he's saying to the prophet, back to those in power, the priest, Joshua, high priest, and Zerubbabel, the governor, he's telling, he's speaking to power because if the leaders get right, the people will be tight. So he's first telling the leaders what the problem is. Everybody see that? These people are not concerned about my house. Shortly after that, God said more, and Haggai spoke it. What is God saying now? How is it that it is not the right time for you? I'm sorry. How is it that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home, God's temple, is in ruins? What is he saying? Oh, it's the right time for y'all to have y'all nice houses. Y'all living in plush and luxury. Y'all got a nice house. Y'all taking care of it. Y'all comfortable and warm, got three squares a day. And then y'all saying, you know what, it's not the right time for God's house. What's happening here is the first word I'll give you is these people's priorities are out of order. And he's getting ready to show them wrong priorities will cause wrong results. And then a little later, the God of the angel Ormus spoke out again. 
God is speaking again and again. Not to put you down. Not to get in your business. But he's your father. And he wants to solve our problems. He wants us to have a hundredfold in our harvest. He wants us to have abundance when you raise your hand. He wants you to have more than enough. That's his desire. So what is he doing? He wants the, you and I to know why we don't have it. And then, so he came again. Look what God tells him. Look what God tells him through the prophet. Come on, let's all read this. Take a good, hard look at your life. Notice it didn't say take a good, hard look at your neighbor's life. Y'all know what he's saying? Take a hard look at your life. I got a question. How often do you really take time to look at your life? For some of us, it's like Groundhog Day. It's the same thing every day. Matter of fact, we can mark it. This time next year, if you're not careful, you will be in the same position you're in now. And as far as your Heavenly Father, that's a sin because that's called unproductivity of being non-productive. And you were created to be what? Come on, guys. Am I right? Take a good, hard look at your life. Do what? Think it over. Do what? This means, in the King James, it says consider. Religion keeps you just keep going and doing. Religion causes you to ignore the lack of fruitfulness. Religion, you, religion tells you, just keep praying, but no prayer is answered. Religion causes you to just sit and do church and serve and do all of these things, but see no productivity. Oh, may we never be that way. May he convict us and, and dig and mess with us until we change. Religion says if this room is filled, then you feel good and you start preaching better. But a relationship with Christ says if one person is here, you give your best. Why? He's setting a standard in you and I. And that standard is to do the best we can regardless of the situation. Somebody say amen to this. The series title is Money. Today is Who Owns It All? Think it over. Now, now, here we go. You have spent a lot of money, but you have heaven much to show for it. Don't look at your neighbor. Look, look straight ahead. Nobody know. If you are toward the end of your life, and you have nothing to show for it. You've not lived well. But you can finish well. Boy, it's quiet in here. I like it, though. I like it. Somebody say, this is good news. Why? He doesn't want us living like this. He doesn't want us in shortage. He didn't want them out planting and not receiving. Why? Did you know you're God's advertisement? I know you, know you don't think of that. You're literally his advertisement to other people. Did you know he told the Jewish people, he says, because you rejected me, I'm now going to will make myself available to the Gentiles, non-Jews, and they're going to live in such a way with me, I'm going to pro provoke you guys to jealousy. That was one of the signs that's supposed to motivate the Jewish people to want their Messiah by watching what God has done to the so-called outsiders, that be us. Somebody say amen to this. Amen. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates. But you never get filled up. Filling your plates, but you never get filled. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. Am I in the right place? I know some of y'all right now thinking, man, God in this place, because I sure enough been trying to drink. And this thirst he's talking about is not physically. So this drinking can be the form of chasing women. It could be in the form of smoking. It can be in the form of being fearful. 
It could be in the form of material things, constantly getting degrees. In other words, you're constantly trying to do something to feel something that only God can feel. Look at this. So now we go from drinking. You put on layer after layer of clothes. <laughs> but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Everybody shout it out. What? Question. Who's talking? The Lord is talking through the prophet. Why? A lot of people call this negative news. We're in some generation where anything you say in a corrective way to people, they take it as negative. I can't. I've sat in the room every Monday to look at the film, playing football. The goal is for the coach to help me get better. So he's going to point out to me the thing I can do to get better. That's not negative to me. That's positive. This is the positive message that was received in a negative way to people. I don't know where we're getting this from. The person that lovingly tells you something that you need to know to change, that's the person that loves you. Not the person that flatters you and afraid to death to, to break your friendship so they don't tell you what they see. Oh, may the Lord bring true friends in our lives that lovingly tell us the areas we need to change. Somebody say amen to this. So not much, a leaky, rusted out bucket. <laughs> That's what. That's why God of the angel Ormus said, he's telling them again. Do what? Take a good, hard look at your life. Do what? Do what? Then God said, who's talking? God. Here's what I want you to do. There were two ladies... And Jesus had visited a town. It's found in Luke chapter 10. Two ladies, one named Martha and one named Mary. Many may know the story. Notice God has given them something to do. Why is this as important? Because some of what you're dealing with, we're attempting to change it through changing symptoms, but they're not the root cause. The Lord Jesus will tell you the root cause of stuff so you don't waste time. And so you could change it because you've changed the root cause. Any responsible doctor will lose their license, irresponsible, I should say. Any irresponsible doctor who continued to just treat your symptoms so you can keep coming back would eventually lose their license. And sometimes even... From up here, we communicate in such a way, and the priests were doing this back in the Old Testament. They deliberately wouldn't teach the word to the people so they can continue to sin. Because the more they sinned, the more they felt guilty, and they would bring their money and their gifts for sacrifices. These jokers were running the game. So they wouldn't teach the word of God to get people liberated because they loved the money that was coming in as a result of their sin and their offerings to cover their sins. Now, you know these some cold guys. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? Your heavenly father wants to tell you the root cause, guys. Martha and Mary are in Jesus' house. Martha and Mary are in Jesus' house. I'm sorry. Jesus is in Martha's house. Jesus is in Martha's house. Martha's sister is in, his, in, her, in her house as well. So think about this. The creator of the universe... The one who created all things is in your house. And some of us right now, if, I, if Jesus showed up right now and said, after service, we coming to your house right now. Some of y'all right now are, are skid off on us. You, you, you hit the accelerator. You try to lose us in the, in the city. Or some one of y'all are trying to stall while one got home. Why? Because you don't realize the king was already there. 
But I want you to, to feel when Martha and Mary, it's Martha's house, Jesus is there, the creator, the one that created everything. He's there. We got Max is Martha, and we got this young lady is Mary. Max is busy serving, getting everything ready. I mean, she hustling. Oh, 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 get them greens ready. Oh, taste them greens. Oh, she got the children. Go clean that room. Uh, all of this. Now, you got God in your house who's probably not going to be there alone. How many of y'all know he's probably pretty busy? Because while he's in the earth, he's limited to being in a body. He's not in heaven yet where the Holy Spirit is here. He's now wherever he is is where the body is. Everybody got me? He's in Martha's house. And Martha is busy serving. Oh, who, 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 who wash these dishes? Wash these dishes. I mean, all kind of stuff. Where's Mary? Mary to Martha is being lazy. Mary is having a conversation with Jesus. And Martha running around. Oh, clean the window. I mean, all this kind of stuff. How long, how long y'all think he's going to be in the house? Probably not long. He, his ministry is only three years. He's going to die and be killed at 33. How many of y'all know that time in, his, in, in the house, you probably want to have at least a conversation with? And too many of you all, too many of us during the holidays, we're so busy working, you never enjoy the time. And particularly ladies, y'all like this. Am I right, ladies? Am I in the right place? All right. Don't go out and protest talking about pastors or chauvinists. Ladies have a tendency because it's your home to concern yourself with that. Am, am I right? Yes. All right. Forgive me if you think otherwise, all right? And let me do the men so I balance this thing out. And men, we the same way sometimes. All right. <laughs> Put that disclaimer out there. So Martha is cleaning up. Mary is listening to him. So I asked the Lord, I said, what were you talking to Mary about? He said, I was talking to Mary about the things that pertain to Mary. Because he's the one that gives you the shortcut. He's the one that tells you what's really wrong. He's the one that'll correct 10 things that's wrong if you get to do just the one thing that's causing the 10 to be wrong. He's on the inside of you now. See, literally, he was in Martha's house. Now, because of Christ and the Holy Spirit, he lives in you. That's why it says, Paul got the revelation, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Too many of us are not talking to the great wise one living on inside of you. You're living your own life based on your own understanding and what you can figure out and what they say. Martha went to Jesus and said, Lord, make my sister serve with me. She didn't say this. I'm adding to the lazy something. You know what Martha was thinking, right? Come get my sister to serve with me. And the Lord looked at her, say, Martha, Martha, you're busy, concerned about a lot of things. <laughs> Jesus was like, girl, you got a lot on your mind. The Lord just told me, go there. Go to Luke chapter 20, please. Luke chapter 20. And we close in with this. Are we good? Verse 38, Luke chapter 20, verse 38. We will pick up Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Here it is. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet. What was Mary doing? Seated at Jesus' feet. And heard his what? His word. There we, we're still out there. And heard his what? Heard his word. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his what? His word. Heard his what? Heard his word. But Martha was covered about with much serving and came to Jesus and said, Lord, 
Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Please tell her to come help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things. And I think that's some of us. Some of us are concerned about so much you're not even enjoying today. And the Lord is saying, come to him. Let him take this load off you. And you got to bring this to him. You got to talk to him. He's on the inside of you. You talk to him just like you're talking to somebody that was physically there. You say, Lord, what am I supposed to do while you're in my house? He'd probably tell her, you might want to listen to me. I have the ability to actually make a dishwasher. I have the ability to fill water pots up and turn it to wine. I have the ability to cause people to catch fish. I have the ability to pay taxes out of a coin that comes out of fish's mouth. In other words, you might want to spend some time talking to me. I'm the real deal. Everybody got that? And look, look what she said. Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Come on, say it. One thing is what? There it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Drop down to uh, verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, when you read the Bible, you should no longer be thinking about Martha. You should be thinking, does this apply to me? Everybody got it? This is how you gain something out of a historic document that's preserved through a living God. We're talking about Martha, but the question is, does this pertain to you? Is any of this story relating to anybody in here? I, I can't hear you. Would you raise your hand right here, right? Some of us are so busy with a lot of stuff, but the master's in your house. And look what happens. Jesus then said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about how many things? Many. Many. Here we go. But, but, how many things? How many things? How many things? One thing. I can weep with this. Because the enemy will keep us so busy, man. He'll keep you chasing decoys. I'm telling you, he'll weigh you out. But do you know Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, lives in you? He's in your house. And the house now is you, this body. That's, that was his goal. Go to the cross so he can legally now put the Holy Spirit, our signet ring. The Holy Spirit is our signal ring, our down payment. The Holy Spirit is the person that gives us the right to rule over Satan's kingdom now. Jesus literally is in you. You're never alone. You're never by yourself. Even in a dark alley, you're not alone. But what? Come on, class. How many things? Everybody put up one. One thing. One thing. I kept working out every day when I was playing, early on in my career. In the NFL, we play on Sundays, and there are games on Monday sometimes. But just about every team plays on Sunday. It, the, the league, the day off in the league is Tuesday. But a lot of times when they teach you to work hard, work hard, work hard, work twice as hard. Get there before everybody, leave after everybody. Anybody ever heard that? So that's what I was doing. And then the Lord told me, you got to have a Sabbath. So you take off Tuesday. When you take off Tuesday, don't do nothing with football. Why? I just needed to hear the what? Do you know when I did that? That year, I made all pro. I made the Pro Bowl, along with some other things. But he took care of the other things because I did the what? Why? He was establishing an order, a Sabbath day of rest. He was teaching me it wasn't just through hard work. It's not by might. It's not by power, but by what? By my spirit, says the Lord. How many things? 
But only one thing is what? That means everything else she was doing was not a need. Everybody see that? Everything else she was doing was what? Not a what? Not a need. Now, here's where you kick in. Here's where you kick in. Mary could have been just like Martha, but look at this. But one thing is needful, and who's chosen it? Mary has done what? She's chosen a what? So that tells me it's a choice. That tells me he's in all of our houses. Some could choose to find out what that one thing I need to do, and others will be out all that serving. People do it in church all the time. They're serving but have no relationship. And they think it's just in service, it's not. Because you could be serving, the late Miles Monroe said, the, the greatest, one of the greatest tragedies in life is be successful at the wrong assignment. What if you're busy serving, you're not even supposed to be serving there. You're frustrated in your service and you don't know why you're frustrated. You're frustrated because you're not supposed to be serving in that area. Look, look what he says. And Mary has chosen what? The good part. And what's the good part? To listen to his words. All you got to do is whatever you're dealing with, ask the Lord and talk to him like you're talking to a person. Lord, should I? I had two decisions to make about going and doing appearance, and they were major ones. I said, Lord, should I go? He told me no. Now, one of them, I really want to do it. But once he tell me no, I've learned his first answer is his last. I don't care how good it looks and how much I want to do it, I'm not going. I've learned through experience. I don't want to go where he's not telling me to go. It doesn't work out. So she's told, she, Mary has chosen. Mary, Mary has done what? Chosen what? The good part. Which shall not be taken away from her. It shall not be taken away from her. And that's what you do right now. You've chosen the good part. You've, come, you've chosen to come to service today. You could have been doing a whole lot of stuff. And guess what God did? I guarantee if you just, if you listened in, you leaned in, the Holy Spirit spoke to every one of you in this room today. Every one of you gained some out of this message. You know God is the owner, that was the title. But what did he reinforce? He reinforced with you and I that one thing. And that's you and I talking with him because he's in your house. Where is Jesus right now? In your house. It was literal when the Bible was written. But now... He's literally in your house, the body. You have access to him all the time. And Pastor T mentioned this earlier. It says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask who? God, who gives to everyone what? Liberally. Why? And he does it without fault finding. He does it without telling you, you should have come to me before. He won't do that. If you come to him right now, he'll help you manage and correct even what you did wrong yesterday. Let's pray.